We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up packer fans welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl thanks as always for being here day two of training camp officially in the books it was a extremely hot day out on the field that involved an hour and 34 minutes of practice it included quite a few red zone drills offense versus defense and included a running uh basically drill where they were more focused on running the ball but had some play action and some misdirection as well and overall a very fun day of practice thankfully I have it all covered for you. I will get you all the details, everything I saw, everything you need to know so that you have it to make whatever uh, conclusions that you want to draw from it that you can. Let's start with the logistics as always. A new injury. I mentioned it yesterday. Dontavian Wicks went down on day one of practice. Uh, he had a sort of collision with Innes Gaines. They both collided sort of at the same time. Wasn't a hit or anything egregious with Innes Gaines, um, but they just kind of got to the same point at the same time. Not a great decision probably by Alex Magoo on the play, but ultimately Dontavian Wicks goes down. He ends up in the locker room and he had a concussion, it turns out. So he was not at practice and he will have to clear concussion protocol before coming back, but it's probably going to put Dontavian Wicks a little bit behind the eight ball. I would assume he's going to be out for at least a handful of days would be my guess, but um, certainly don't want to speculate and we'll see where he comes in and is able to hopefully get back sooner rather than later. But as of now, Dontavian Wicks out with a concussion. The good news, three players returned from injury, including Caleb Jones, Tarverius Moore, and Tariq Carpenter. Now, to be fair, none of them actually had an injury. All three of them had illnesses, according to the Packers, but Jones, Moore, and Tariq Carpenter uh, all returned and were at practice on Thursday, which really just means you've got um, a handful of guys that are hurt at this point, including Grant Dubose and Dontavian Wicks at wide receiver. And then you've got uh, Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes. And it's just like an overall, um, not a very long injury list in any capacity. So great to see that. Um, One injury scare at the end of practice was Jair Alexander. 
It looked like it was cramps. Rob Domovsky also on Twitter posted that it looked like it was cramps. So uh, I think hopeful that Green Bay avoided sort of any major injury issue. The way that he went down and started stretching his leg, it immediately gave me an indication like before anything else. And to be clear, not a doctor here. I'm not a medical professional, not even pretending to be, but it looked like he was trying to stretch out his leg and that maybe it was cramping a little bit, was able to make his way to the sideline, looked like he was getting tended to for a cramp, just the way that they were looking at him. Um, and then he did stand up. When he stood up, he had his helmet. There was nobody around him, no trainers. He was walking on his own and was able to walk off the, the field at the end of training camp. So certainly it didn't seem like there was anything to be concerned about. Anytime it's Jair freaking Alexander and he's down on the ground and he's getting medical attention, there is going to be some serious bunt, you know, butts clenched at uh, 1265 and the surrounding area around training camp. But it does seem like Green Bay hopefully avoided any sort of major injury and uh, that hopefully Jair will be back at practice on Friday. Of course, I will be there at Friday. That is not a practice that is open to the public. It is just a walkthrough. So I don't think anyone's going to be missing anything too much, but we'll see if Jair is out there. And of course, I'll have all the details for you tomorrow right here on the Packaday podcast. Starters on the day. Defensively, there was one change. Out was Justin Hollins. In was Kingsley, JJ, and Igbare. Uh, the starters along the defensive line were once again Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, and TJ Slayton. At edge, the aforementioned Kingsley and Igbare, as, long, as well as Preston Smith. Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell at inside linebacker, Jair and Razul at outside corners, and then Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage at safety. On the offensive side of the ball, Jordan Love, of course, at quarterback, Aaron Jones at running back, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and Romeo Dobbs at wide receiver, Luke Musgrave at tight end, Yash Nyman at left tackle with Bakhtiari getting some time off, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Myers at center, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, and Zach Tom at right tackle. All right, let's talk about Jordan Love. I did go into him in pretty good detail on my quick hits and immediate reactions episode. Um, so I'll still go over some of the highlights and lowlights here for Jordan Love. If you just saw his stat line, you would say, oh man, another really bad day for Jordan Love. Five of 13 was his end stat line per Bill Huber. Two touchdowns, one interception. So the touchdown interception, not a big deal. But if I told you that Love went five for 13 on the day with a pick, you'd probably be like, oh my goodness, this is not off to a great start. I had really no issue. In fact, I really liked how Jordan Love played. In fact, I had him on my players of the day list, despite being 5 of 13. Reason being is outside of the one throw that did end up being intercepted, which was a little bit unlucky, but probably a little bit forced. I thought he made great decisions with the football again. Now let's talk about that interception first. Red zone, where everything is condensed and tight, and he drilled one into Christian Watson, Jair Alexander makes a great play on the ball. It was definitely a contested situation. Did I hate the decision watching it back? Because there was actually a video of that online. I didn't hate the decision. Probably one that maybe he would maybe choose something different with the benefit of hindsight. But you're probably looking at it that even if Jair gets a hand on it, it's probably batted down. I think it was a little bit unlucky that the ball pops up in the air and falls harmlessly, at least for the defense, uh, inside the or in the hands of Devondre Campbell. I, I didn't like even that was like maybe a slightly different decision would have been better, but I didn't hate it. It was a it was a tight window throw to your best receiver in a red zone situation. No harm, no foul, except it ended up being picked, which again was a little bit unlucky. Outside of that, there were some overthrows on a couple plays, but there was one uh, on a fade to I believe it was uh, it was Romeo Dobbs on the outside to the right, and. That one didn't necessarily give him an opportunity, but Jair was all over it. There wasn't really anywhere else to go with the ball. 
There was another one, and I talked about this on the quick hits as well, but there's a bully through to Musgrave that he overthrew Musgrave. This was a pressure situation, didn't have much time, sort of looked around to see if he could get out of the pocket, didn't have the ability to do so, so decided to play one safe, put it up towards the back of the end zone, basically a throwaway with Musgrave in the area where maybe, just maybe Musgrave could have been the only guy that got it, but didn't hate that decision. There was a drop by Luke Musgrave on the day. There was, um, I thought there was one other drop if memory serves correctly, but like overall, when I went back and I uh, like thought about all the different throws, I, there's none that I really thought outside of maybe the one contested throw that I thought Jordan Love went to the wrong place or did anything that he shouldn't have done. You know, I thought he made good decisions. And the big thing that I've been really impressed by is the fact that he hasn't been forcing throws. The, again, you could argue the one that was uh, maybe a little bit in the tight contested area in the red zone, but in, in OTAs and mini camps, he was throwing some 50-50 balls at best and some jump balls and into triple coverage. And we haven't seen any of that through two days. And it just has been very calm and collected. Live to see the next snap. I've really been impressed with him going through his progressions. I've loved how he's used his legs. I've loved how he's used his legs to extend plays and keep his eyes downfield. And then he had some really good throws as well that we're going to get to in just a second. But overall, the, the stat line might look bad. Um, but it's deceiving. And I thought he had a really nice day overall. And you might be thinking, for those of you who maybe are not familiar with me, all right, Andy, you've got the rose, you've got the rose tinted hat. You might as well have the rose tinted glasses on as well. Um, you're obviously being very generous to Jordan Love. You mentioned the wind yesterday. You're being super kind to him today, despite a five for 13 day. I was the one a few years ago when, and really the, the, first year where we got to see a little bit of him, but it really was the second year in, in training camp as well, in OTAs and mini camps, where he was struggling. The first two basically camps of his career, he struggled mightily. And everyone else in the, you know, kind of in the media was like, eh, you know, there's, it's a learning curve sort of thing. And I told you guys, looked you in the eye and said, everyone is being very kind right now to Jordan Love. He did not look good those first two training camps. So I have not been afraid to call out when Jordan Love has had poor practices and when he has not looked the part. I don't mind, you know, in yesterday, I will say it again, the, the four deep ball passes, you, he would like to have those back and you want to see him hit those throws, especially the one to Musgrave. That was a big one, especially the one to Christian Watson. Those are, the, those are two we would absolutely like to have back. He needs to complete those. No questions asked about it. I, don't, I thought he had a really nice practice today. And I liked how he moved the ball. I liked his confidence. I liked him planting his foot, ripping the ball. Um, and we're going to go over in just a second here some of the really nice throws that he had. He had an absolute laser to Christian Watson. And I mean a laser. And you want to know how good of a play it was? Razul Douglas like threw a garbage can down after the play in anger because he gave because there was a touchdown on the play. I kid you not, Razul had perfect coverage on the play. I mean, he was, I, I don't know what more, like, obviously if you knocked the ball away, it would have been better. I think he even got a fingertip on it is what Christian mentioned in the, the post-practice uh, scrum. But man, you talk about a unbelievable ball. This is, you know, it was probably on like that seven-ish yard line and it was a little out route to the corner of the end zone and Watson ran a nice route. Douglas read it the whole way. It was extremely contested, perfect coverage and Love had no window. I mean, he had like no window to get that ball in there. And he fits it on an absolute rope in exactly the right spot. Christian Watson mentioned if it was one eighth earlier or one eighth later, one eighth of a second earlier or later, it would not have been complete. It, it just, it had to be picture perfect. There was no room for error. And Love fitted in there with accuracy, with timing, and on an absolute line. 
And you love to see that. That was a beautiful ball. He had a great touchdown pass to Jaden Reed over the middle of the defense, over the top of Devondre Campbell, but in a spot where Reed was able to come down with it and get both feet in bounds. Not an easy throw to make. I thought that was a fantastic throw from Jordan Love. I thought he made good decisions all day, threw the ball away when he needed to. And the other thing I really want to talk about with Jordan Love here that I didn't expound upon as much in my quick hits yesterday is his scrambling ability is legitimate and it is going to play a part with what he can do. Now, what I've really loved is that when he has bought in time, uh, he has done it in a way to continue to keep his eyes downfield and try to throw the ball. But if he gets his eyes up and he's not finding anyone down the field and sees an alley to run, he will take it. And I do think there was an opportunity where, where he did run in practice. I'm not sure if he would have been able to get a touchdown in real game action. Uh, I think it was uh, Pete Doherty who mentioned that maybe Preston could have got him behind the line. Devondre may have had a play on him at the at the goal line. There's a good chance though that that Jordan Love just scores on that play. And his his ability to you know impro- you know improvise and, and just make some plays with his legs is going to be very important for him as a young quarterback. But it's not like to the point where like. Brett Hundley, for example, I go always go back to his college tape. You want to know why Brett Hundley was taken in the fifth round and some of the reasons he struggled in, in the pros is back in college, it was one read, oh, there's nothing there, I'm just going to take off and run. One read, oh, not there, I'm going to take off and run. It was never read, 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 all right, now we have to readjust and maybe I can scramble. Or, or read, oh, I got to step up in the pocket, maybe avoid a rusher, now let's get my eyes back downfield and throw the ball. It was literally one read and if not, I was going to take off running with the ball. Jordan's not like that. Jordan's going through his progressions. When he senses pressure, he's navigating the pocket with an intent to keep his eyes down the field and throw the ball. But if he gets his eyes up, there's nothing there. He will scramble. Like I said, I think that's going to be a pretty big piece of what he's capable of doing and just kind of keeping defenses honest. That's going to play very well for Jordan Love. And it's already showed through these first two days of training camps. Um, and yeah, I thought overall, really nice day. Um, also had another touchdown to Christian Watson over the middle of the field where he went through a progression on the play, was looking at his running back. I think he was manipulating the defense, came back at the last moment, hit Christian Watson over the middle. Watson was able to get in for a touchdown. So five of 13, two touchdowns, one pick doesn't sound the sexiest, but I thought he had a very nice day overall and, uh, was an improvement from what he did on his first day of training camp. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My players of the day, let's start with Jair Alexander. He would be number one on my list. Had a play at the line of scrim or at the goal line with Luke Musgrave, stopping Musgrave at the one yard line on, I think, fourth down on a goal line play. That's a play that 
I don't think many people make Musgrave, uh, you know, is probably going to get in more often than not, but Jair is able to make the play. Not sure if Jair kind of had a tackle on the play uh, in a non-tackle activity, but it's Jair Alexander. So you kind of maybe let him get away with that a little bit more, but either way, beautiful coverage. He had great coverage on Romeo Dobbs on a, um, on a little fade play in the back of the end zone. He had a deflection that ended up in an interception with the uh, Devondre Campbell coming down with the pick. He has been an absolute machine through two days of practice. You, I mean, you know, you go back to when the Packers just avoided Richard Sherman and just threw to the other side of the field and put Jared Boykin over on Sherman's side of the field and just said, we're just going to ignore that completely. Like through two days of practice, it's almost like if Jair's in the vicinity, just don't even throw his way because you're not going to do anything with it. So he has been beyond phenomenal. Jaden Reed, number two on my list, he had a really beautiful end around that went for, I don't know, probably 20 plus yards. Inigbare got sucked in a little bit, but a really nice explosive play. And that was a real first opportunity to see those jets for Jaden Reed. And they were legitimate. He's got some great quickness. It was really fun to see that in person. And then he also had a great read and a great route on the touchdown catch in the back of the end zone, not to mention getting the catch, getting both feet down and uh, converting on that first red zone try for a touchdown. So nice play from Chris, or excuse me, from Jordan Love to, to Jaden Reed on that play. Uh, but I thought a really nice day from Jaden Reed overall. Christian Watson, two touchdown catches on the day. A couple other plays where maybe he could have come up with plays, but um, you still, you have that great catch in the, the end zone on a touchdown. And then you have another play where you're able to separate over the middle of the field and get a touchdown on that play. Um, you've got two touchdowns on the day for Jordan Love and the number one offense. They both go to Christian Watson. Don't think that should be super surprising, uh, but um, just goes to show you what Christian Watson's capable of. Isaiah McDuffie kind of gets a two-day award here. I thought he had two really nice days of practice and he had a really nice blitz from the left side. If you're Isaiah McDuffie, I'm um, going against the right tackle. Didn't get home, but definitely made the quarterback feel pressure. And you know, if you're an inside linebacker, getting that pressure off the edge is always going to be a positive thing. And then uh, really good in run defense through two days as well. They've been using him a little bit more as a blitzer, kind of faking if he's going to blitz inside. I've liked what I've seen out of Isaiah McDuffie. And he, listen, not the fastest dude, not the strongest dude, not the tallest dude, not any of it. But he just has a very natural way of playing inside linebacker, very instinctual player, and just looks very natural out there playing that. So love what I've seen out of McDuffie through the first two days. And then Jordan Love, again, screw the numbers. I thought he had a really nice day, including a ridiculous touchdown pass to Christian Watson on a nice little out route that I, like I said, threw on an absolute frozen rope and on a window that was non-existent for a touchdown. So nice play there. Plays of the day, clearly uh, Jordan Love to Christian Watson on the play I just described. The end around to Jaden Reed that went for 20 yards plus. Really nice, uh, you know, sort of deception by the offense. Like I said, Enigbari got sucked in a little bit, it looked like, but the Jets from Jaden Reed. And here's the big thing, right? Ran it to the right player. You're not giving it to a 4-7-40 Alan Lazard. You gave it to Jaden Reed. You let him cook, and uh, he made the most of that opportunity. He would have. Uh, it would have been really fun to see if live tackling, like what he could have done against those safeties in the open field, would have been fun to see. But either way, you got to see his Jets off in full display, or on, I guess. And then uh, the uh, Jordan Love to Jaden Reed touchdown in the back of the end zone. I think was the other play of the day as well. So actually, I think. There were three touchdowns, I think, actually for, for Jordan Love on the day. Now that I'm talking out loud, because you definitely had the one to Watson. He had another one to Watson in red zone. And then, yeah, he had the Jaden Reed touchdown as well. So he actually had three touchdowns on the day, not just two. So even better numbers for Jordan Love. Players who struggled on the day, Malik Heath, 
Uh, Danny Etling called a little check at the line of scrimmage where he was going to run a slant play. It was a called run and then that little slant on the backside. Etling threw it. Reed didn't get the check and the ball just falls incomplete. Etling not too happy after the play and had some coaching tips from Malik Heath. But what does Danny Etling do like the veteran that he is? The very next play where Etling, and I'm talking, it wasn't like the next play. It was like the next series of plays that the number two offense got. Etling's that quarterback. Malik Heath is at the same wide receiver spot. It's a called run play. What does he do? He calls the same check. Malik Heath gets the check this time. He runs the slant. It's right there. Etling hits him in stride and Malik Heath unfortunately drops the ball. So some rookie mistakes there. Luke Musgrave also had a drop on the day. I thought he wasn't maybe the best in some of those contested catch situations. Maybe he needs to improve his play strength. I think it was, um, I forget who it was, but he definitely allowed a, a pressure as a uh, pass protector as well. So those are things that Musgrave still works working on and, and just some of those rookie hiccups that all of the rookies are going to go through. Just so happened to be Malik Heath and Luke Musgrave going through some of those rookie struggles on this given day. All right, some quick notes. One rookie who did not struggle was Carrington Valentine. And I've talked to you guys already in any in many camps and OTAs about how Carrington Valentine had caught my eyes on numerous occasions. He had a fantastic play. One, uh, Honestly, we could put it in a play of the day category as well. One-on-one with Christian Watson of all people. And he is in man coverage and Carrington Valentine sticks right with Watson. Love throws his way. Valentine breaks on it, uses his speed to get there, but also uses his great length and his long arms to bat the ball away and have a great pass breakup against Christian Watson with Jordan Love throwing the ball. I mean, what I mean, that is a super, it is not going to be easy for any corner to stick with Christian Watson in those situations. Carrington Valentine right there knocks the ball away and not just like, not just there, right? But to have the keenness and awareness to have his eyes on the ball, get there, knock it away, use his length and make an incomplete pass. I, I was just another really impressive play from a seventh round pick who has made a few of them already in his limited time in OTAs and training camp. Alex Magoo had a touchdown to Bo Melton in, I think, the last play of the day in team activities. So nice throw from him uh, to Melton over the, the middle of the field for, I think it was just on a, some sort of in-breaking route. I'm not sure if it was an in or a slant or what it was, but touchdown to Bo Melton. I will say, though, I've seen some ridiculous comments. I will be honest with you. I have, be, I have lost my ability to tell if somebody is trolling or if they're just an idiot. Uh, I have no idea. I have seen legitimate comments of like, Alex Magoo needs to be like in competition with Jordan Love as the starting quarterback. Again, I don't know if stupid or troll or, I mean, the, the difference between the two is really not very much, right? But Alex Magoo, and I like Alex, I've, I liked Alex Magoo when he was in Seattle, when none of, then most of you didn't even know Alex Magoo existed. I liked him coming out of college and I liked when he was on Seattle. He has a gunslinger mentality. He is a very fun player. All right. I like Alex Magoo. He is very, very clearly the fourth best quarterback of a four quarterback group that includes a first time starter, a fifth round rookie who was probably overdrafted a little bit in the fifth round, a journeyman, I think now 30 year old quarterback who has never played in the league, and then Alex Magoo. Alex Magoo has been clearly the fourth guy of that group. Now, part of that I'm sure is him learning the playbook new and, and trying to get to know that. And like I said, I'll say it one more time, I like, I like Alex Magoo. He is not even in the conversation for the number three job right now, okay? And that is not due to the Packers not giving him a chance or anything like that. It's just what it is. And, you know, he's. we'll see if he has the opportunity to, you know, get a few more reps and maybe earn a practice squad spot. Uh, but as of right now, 
no. Not only is Alex Magoo not in competition with Jordan Love in any capacity, he's going to have to work insanely hard just to get in any sort of con- you know conversation and competition with the Danny Etlings and Sean Cliffords of the world. All right, I digress off of uh, Alex Magoo. And like I said, I do really like him. Second offensive line from left to right, Caleb Jones at left tackle, Sean Ryan at left guard, Jake Hansen at center, Royce Newman at right guard, and Rashid Walker at right tackle. In the uh, press conference ahead of uh, the practice on Thursday, Matt LaFleur did bring up Sean Ryan. He was asked about Sean Ryan and really said he's in much better shape than he was a year ago at this point. So great news on Sean Ryan. Hopefully he can live up to that third, not not Green Bay's usual third round status, which is an unmitigated nightmare, but uh, his top 100 pick status and uh, start to make an impact for this team because he was a really fun player uh, coming out of college and hopefully he can start playing like that again in the NFL. Innis Gaines continues to flash. He had a near interception, but he skied uh, to break up a pass in the middle of the field. I think playing a little bit of a robber role, but great job getting his eyes on the ball and then skying for it, almost coming down with the pick, but ultimately deflecting it away. Uh, he continues to play in the slot as well. So that again, the more you can do as Ennis Gaines, safety, special teams, inside corner, etc., the better it's going to be for your chances of making the team. Another really interesting development, Tyler Goodson, uh, who we've talked about is a really fun player, great with the ball in his hands, but he doesn't really have a like a defined thing that is going to make him like 53-man roster ball, right? And what I mean by that is what he does well is run the ball with the ball in his hands as a running back. And he's a good catcher out or good, you know, receiver out of the backfield as well. But Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are your backs that are going to carry the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield. You don't need a third running back on game days right now, right? You need something else. You need some special teams value. You need it to be able to pass protect. Like that's what you're going to look for out of your number three running back if you're going to keep that guy. Um, now, if you have insane developmental potential and they think you know Tyler Goodson's a future starter in the league, then you you know you make it by default because you're not going to cut that guy. But unless he can show that, you know his value is as a running back, and they don't really need like a true pure just running running back, right? So. What they're doing in this practice, they use him at a handful of different times, at least three different times that I saw in that Tyler Irvin role, in that running back sort of slot wide receiver role, in a lot of those jet sweep slash fake jet sweep, you know, opportunities. And I really like that for Tyler Goodson. I think he could be really well, you know, really good in that role. Now, and one of those three plays, he did line up on the wrong side and they had to tell him to get back to the other side. And it was kind of a tell for the defense who could kind of tell they were going to run that little bubble screen behind the two other you know, blockers on that play. And the defense was all over it and it falls incomplete. But let's see how he does uh, if he gets more opportunities at that spot. I do really like that. And I think that could be a potential fit for him and a way for him to maybe get on the field in some different ways. They do have, you know, Jaden Reed, who's going to play a lot in the slot and they have Samori Toure. They've got some players there, but I can see Tyler Goodson having a little bit of a gadget type, uh, you know, impact like a Tyler Irvin in that spot. Quay Walker was flying around a little bit. He did a really nice job of knifing through the line and playing uh, some instinctual football and just using his speed to his advantage. Love to see that from Quay when he's playing fast and he's when he's playing instinctual football, he can be really, really good. Saw a couple plays like that on Thursday. Devontae Wyatt reminded, you know, reminds you very quickly of how special of an athlete he is. He's on like left defensive end and it is a run to his right. And he's scraping all the way down the line using his speed at like 330 or whatever the heck he is. I don't know. Maybe he's 310. I don't know, whatever. But either way, big dude who can run fast, such an insane athlete. And uh, was showing that off a little bit in practice on Thursday. 
And then last but not least, I thought the run game on offense was much better on day two than it was on day one. Day one, it was like kind of brutal. There was like one good run on all of day one. Day two, the running game got going a little bit more. Good for the offense, bad for the defense, but I was happy to see the run game get a little bit more traction on day two. Offense had to do up-downs at the end of practice. Uh, Matt LaFleur sort of clarified pre-practice that there are there's a specific period that they have as a competitive period that they're tracking to see if the offense wins or the defense wins. On Thursday, it was the red zone periods, and the defense won more of the of the red zone periods than the offense. It looked like the defense got to choose the offensive punishment. Um, on a 90-degree day, the defense chose up-downs for the offense, so they had to do 10 up-downs at the end of practice, but the defense wins for the second consecutive day. Meanwhile, not practice related, but Sterling Sharp and Mike Holmgren advanced to the semifinals of the Hall of Fame class for 2024. So fingers crossed for those two. Hopefully they can find their way into Canton. That is officially going to do it for me today, though. I believe on Friday today, I'm going to be doing a um, live happy hour at 4 p.m. That is my plan as I'm recording this right now. So uh, check that out, live Q&A, answering any questions that you have from the first three days of training camp. So looking forward to that. Grab a drink, soda, beer, margarita, whatever it is you want to grab, and uh, join me on Friday, 4 p.m. Central Time, Lambo Time, and we'll be answering questions there. Make sure to, again, do subscribe, like, comment, do everything that you guys are so awesome at always doing. I'll be right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.